Welcome back to Casting Nuts Podcast. It is good to be back with you. Uh, we had a hiatus, or I should well, say I had a hiatus of Lent um, because I was doing pastoral things, and uh, Pastor Dave here was uh, keeping the light burning as he was putting out content for you on prayer. Um, and then he said, hey, when you come back, uh, let's talk about something. And I said, we still do that. And uh, and so we are back at it to bring you some hopefully good content here going into the summer months and, and later on into the fall um, as we continue to uh, to have living faith and, and just share real with life. you and real life and living faith um, what it talks or what it means to be a Christian in this world. So um, before we, we get too far into it, I do want to uh, introduce my cohort in crime here, also co-host of the show. Um, who's been doing all the heavy lifting, uh, Pastor Dave Rudat. You know, and I thank you very much for that, Will. And it is great to have you back because it is really hard filling the time. If you've noticed in the last six or seven weeks, I've only been putting out like 30 minutes podcast because I just can't talk that long. Um, and I do appreciate having you here, not just for the filler, but also for the content of, of what you say. And uh, one of the things that uh, this past week I, I, I just wanted to share before we get into our topic of prayer is this marriage advice that I wish, I wish I knew uh, a long time ago. And the marriage advice is this, is that when your wife tells you she's going to be ready in five minutes, believe her. You don't have to remind her every half hour. <laughs> we got that back. Yes, we got that back. <laughs> Uh, marriage advice from from Pastor Dave. Um, yeah. The other the other piece of marriage advice is uh, when uh, wives, if if you're um, if the weather is really bad outside and it's raining and windy, and and you see your husband standing by the window, uh, it might be a little weird, but it's less weird if you let him inside. <laughs> Again. I, if I had a groan programmed in, we would we could do the groan. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, that that brings us hopefully to <laughs> nothing <laughs> to our disclaimer, which is uh, oh, this is go. complete and utter rambling from two pastors who really love what they do and and really are enjoying talking not only with each other but also hopefully bringing you into this conversation. Um, you might not like everything we have to say. In fact, we might not like everything we have to say. Um, we are going to attempt to be uh, uh, sticking to the scriptures and to our doctrinal beliefs and to what it is that our churches uh, believe as well. Uh, but if we say something that offends you, hey, you can you can turn us off. It's a podcast. You don't have to listen. Come back, listen again uh, to something else later on. Um, or better yet, contact us, talk with us, get into our churches, um, sit down with us, come into our offices, uh, let us know uh, that you might have had a disagreement with something so that so that we have a good time one-on-one -on -one to talk with you and, and, and hopefully share with you Jesus. And if we made a mistake, we can apologize and ask for your forgiveness in person. Sure. This is meant to be the beginning of a conversation, not the end. 
And so if you, uh, we encourage uh, you to reach out to us, uh, castingnetspod at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook. And like you were saying, uh, talk to us in person. Uh, we're in our offices. We're in worship on Sundays because that's kind of what we do on Sundays. And, that's our uh, thing. Yeah, it's kind of our thing. Some and of us do it better than others. Because <laughs> that's what being a pastor is all about. I'm Not a pastor because you get to talk a lot. And I'm like, and when I was growing up, I'm like, what can I do to highlight this skill that God gave me to talk a lot? And someone said, hey, you could be a pastor. That's all they do. Yeah. Well, and I became I, a pastor because I wanted to study the scriptures. You're better than me. Own. Yeah. You're better than me. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the people listening already knew that. So, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so the one or I two did. people. We're, we did not become a pastor so that we would be better than other people. We became a pastor because we wanted to share Jesus with other people. Whether we talk a lot or whether we actually share the scriptures with them, we still want people to know about Jesus. And that we would all be better people <laughs> than other people. <laughs> <laughs> the snarkiness is strong in this one. <laughs> Put all through Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get into our topic. If you've been so if you've been listening in the last uh, couple of weeks we've been talking about the Lord's prayer and walking our, our way through it and what does it mean in all the all of the petitions today uh, uh, will Harley said well Dave it's it, we did Leviticus together that was the last topic and that and was, it was awesome. it was awesome but it was will's topic and so uh, will said Dave it's your choice to pick the next one and I and I was indecisive so I sent him a list of things I wanted to talk about and this was one of the list of uh, things was our top five prayers of the Bible now we're not making a um, a statement saying that these are definitely the you have to have these same five. Uh, but prayers. it would be good. Right. Well, whatever. <laughs> um, again, snarkiness from the introduction. Uh, the uh, it, it doesn't matter. Your your top five might be a different top five, or you might have a top five already, and we might just change your mind on one or two of those top five prayers, or you might change our mind as well as we think about, because this top five is our top five of 2022. And as we study the scriptures, as we uh, serve God's people, uh, um, we might come up with some prayers that we like more as we continue to serve God's people. Well, and <clears throat> I think it's it, it. We need to make a qualifier and say that yeah, we kind of limited ourselves. I mean, you could go to all the Psalms. Every one of the Psalms, all one hundred and fifty of them, are prayers, and they are and they're they're good prayers for God's people. Um, you know, you could go to, to numerous sections in scripture where, where people cry out to the Lord or where people, uh, uh, turn and ask of the Lord something. Um, those are all considered prayers, but, but we've limited ourselves to, uh, the actual prayers where, where, and they prayed to the Lord. And then there's a quote of what was prayed. Um, just because even out of that, there's such a huge amount of prayers that we we can turn to and say, here's God's people talking to the Lord and responding, uh, and the Lord responding in some way to their prayer. Um, that that there is just so much to choose from in, in within that. Just to tell you how excited Will is about being back in a podcasting chair is that he actually did a ton of work 
for today. It's actually a role reversal. Usually I like to come prepared and Will's like, I'm just going to talk. We've, he's thought about the topic in his downtime and you know, when he's going places and he, it's not that he doesn't bring any thought to it, but he just doesn't do any, you know, research and work and things. Sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, but I just don't type it up and make it look all yeah, pretty like you do. That, that's true. That's true. But we had a complete role reversal because today I, I came in, I'm like, I didn't really do any as much work. And he came with this huge list of uh, prayers and talk about that. How many uh, direct quotes are from uh, prayers are there in the Bible? Uh, how many references to prayer are there? Just, just so, share so that information. I decided because I was like, I have no idea. You know, I've been out of the podcasting thing for for seven weeks, and you know, if it's like a like a bicycle, if you don't keep up the skill, you you lose your balance. And I was really worried. I'm like, you know. Um, Dave is going to be so prepared and he's going to have all this stuff and I just don't know what to say. So I'll, on my free time, uh, as I was waiting for my son to get back from a, um, a field trip and pick him up, I decided to do some research on prayer and uh, over 800 references to prayer within the scriptures. But but again, that's, that's broadening and saying, and they prayed, they cried out to the Lord. Over 800 references uh, within the scriptures of, of uh, uh, plus of people going to the, uh, to the Lord in prayer. That's a lot to choose from. So I, I kind of narrowed that down and we and did a search with some of the fancy dancy, uh, um, really expensive software that that pastors invest in um, and narrowed it down to 220 direct prayers in Scripture. Now, again, these are the prayers that uh, say and he prayed and then gives the quote of of the prayers, and and I and so I printed out this sheet and I gave it to to Dave, and it even gives like how many words the prayer was, like so you can know if it was a long winded prayer, if it was a short short prayer, if it was, you know, um, ten words, whatever, and then it also gives the uh, uh, was it answered, was the prayer answered, how it was answered, and where in scripture. It, it was answered or, or looking ahead to Christ and how it was answered in Christ. And so I, I kind of did um, a general study of that uh, just to just just to add a little bit of, of um, interest into the whole thing. Um, direct prayers, 176 direct prayers in the Old Testament. You have uh, 46 direct prayers in the New Testament um, that are, are cited. What are some of the insights you gain by just looking at all these? What are what are some big takeaways? <sighs> Some of the biggest takeaways that I have of looking at some of these prayers um, as I as I went through to it is is people are messed up um, and and have a lot of a lot of these prayers have a general running theme of I'm, I need help and, and God, you can help and only God can help. <clears throat> and, and maybe the, the problem is a little different. Um, maybe the, the situation is a little changed, but it's all the sense of um, God's people have come to the realization they can't do it. And so now they cry out to the one who can. Um, you do have in Genesis a lot of, Lord, you promised it's not happening. Uh, but again, that's the help, right? Um, later on, you have the people in Judges who cry out, Lord, we're in distress. Things aren't aren't going the way that we wanted them to go or we thought that they would go because we had taken the reins for ourselves. Um, help us. Um, you have later on, and we're going to talk about this, I'm sure, when we get into into the New Testament, you have direct prayers from Jesus himself. Uh, Lord, help these people. Forgive these people of yours. 
um, whom I'm here to live for and die for. Um, <clears throat> you have later on in the book of Acts, uh, um, give us courage, give us the strength to continue to do that 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 thing that, that God has desired for us. So uh, essentially what I have found in prayer is, in this whole study of prayer, is less of God give me, less of God let me have a windfall, um, less of God um, let me win the lottery or or make my life better, and more of just help me as you see fit. That's kind of what my takeaway has been from from the study of prayer. Thank you. So uh, we have our top five of prayers um, that we would like to talk about, but there are lots that did not make the list. So why don't we go through some of the, the prayers that we liked and why they didn't make our top five. Well, you can go first on there. I don't know if your list is big or small or, or what your thoughts are. Well, one of the prayers that I really liked uh, that did not make the list was a prayer of Abraham when he prayed for Sodom. And uh, the idea of God, the 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 um, the patience of God is what really kind of struck me. Is that Abraham doesn't come out and say that he's praying for Lot. And he wants to pray for the community, and so you. And, but at the same time, he, that's what's really driving his prayer is his concern for his nephew, and how patient God is with that. Uh, and it reminds me of just how patient God is with me. Sometimes I'm praying and. You can't, you can't trick God. You can't manipulate him. You can't twist his arm. But he wants you to talk to him. So why don't, you know, it just reveals to me also my own sinfulness of just ask him. And you have the confidence because of Jesus that he is actually going to respond to that prayer. So that response might be yes. It might be no. But here, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something in regard to that. If that prayer is... Uh, in line with his will, if that prayer is in the name of his son, uh, he's going to do something with that uh, prayer. And he understands where we're coming from, and he still wants us to talk to him. He understands what our needs are, and he still wants us to talk to him. So that those are some of the things that I liked about Abraham's prayer for Sodom. Well, and, and he, you know, you bring up a really good con in that that prayer for Sodom uh, and your your defense for for why it would even make the the short list of of things comes down, I think, to this reality that um, prayer is 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 not so much us telling God, but for God making or helping us realize His will. Um, many times, you know, I, I envision it like a, a child talking to a parent, right? Um, daddy, I want, daddy, I want, daddy, I want, daddy, I, let me have, daddy, can we do this? And then, and then the conversation that comes back and revolves around it is the reasons why we can't, or the reasons why we can, or this is a good thought, but this is not for now. Um, and, and that conversation that comes and, and I think <clears throat> one of the things that we, we fail to realize in, in prayer and what we see in scripture is that that these prayers are not in a void, and that and that um, in some way, shape, or form, um, the Lord responds, and most often it's through His Word, um, and and people listen. Yeah, and it, I, that's a really uh, fascinating and a great point. When we wrestle to God with prayer, that should be driving us to His Word, because when we're we're wrestling with the uh, the hidden will of God 
and the revealed will of God, where are we going to find the comfort? Where, where, what can we hold? What can we pin on God and say, God, you have, you promised this, uh, not in the hidden will that, in a will that we could somehow figure out, but in the bound will that He, the the will that He has revealed to us in His Word. And so, when we are wrestling with prayer, like Abraham wrestled with prayer, then we are also then going back to the Scriptures and 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 trying to figure out what what has what can I what can I give to God and or if I if I've got a concern how do I know that God's going to respond to this? Or what's, where's the confidence? Well, if I go to his word and he promises this, well, then I know he's going to respond to that because he promised it. Well, and I think that's that gives us a ton of guidance and, and comfort, in, in, in especially in what we see today. <clears throat> we, we have a generation of people um, that are growing up in, in, in Christian faith and Christian walks that, that are looking at the sovereignty of God and they're looking at the, the almighty nature of God and his all powerfulness. Is that a word? It is today. Um, it's, 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 uh, omnipotence of God. And they're, they're saying God can do anything. And, and so they approach God in these, in, in their prayers as I'm approaching God who is almighty and, and can do anything. And so they're making these, these huge prayers of, of, of stuff that, that almost border on ludicrous. And, and I think the reality is, is yes, can God do anything? Absolutely. But, 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 but driving parallel to that, like you said, is God limits himself, not because he has to, but because he chose to, he chose to limit himself. And he says, I limit myself to my word. So what I have told you, I will do, I will do. What I have promised I will do, I will do. What I have, what I have given you the, the comfort of, of receiving, I will continue to give. Um, but then you're like, but he can do anything. He can do anything. But that's not a comfort to me. Because the can do anything does not, does not, does not answer the question of will he do anything. The, the, the comfort is no. He is going to because this is what he said. And, and so lim- he limits himself to those things and he says, this is what I will do. Now, that, I'm not saying he, he can't do something else, but, but you can't have, you don't find comfort in the can, you find comfort in the I will. And you're bringing up a great point of God sometimes using prayer to teach us, uh, teach us what exactly is important. So when we're coming to God, to the all-powerful, omnipotent God, the God who can do anything, uh, God is also using, and, and we're, we pray for something, and God doesn't answer, or it seems like he is elusive, it should drive us to his word, because then maybe in our own hearts, we're off track. We're, we're thinking of the wrong thing, but we go to God's word, and we realize, oh, that's what I should be thinking about. I should really be thinking about my faith, or I should really be thinking about the salvation that's going to come at the last day, rather than the salvation that I need. You know, the physical salvation from whatever problems I'm 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 undergoing. So I I really like that point that you brought up. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, we had that in our study earlier today with the brothers, right? We <clears throat> we were we gathered and we were doing some translation work, and we're like um, the the idea of the salvation as we were translating in the book of, of Revelation, um, not just a a, a a minor salvation, but the definitive salvation belongs to our God. Um, those are promises that, that, okay, I'm having a problem, doesn't mean he's going to tackle this problem right now, but ultimately, I'm okay. Um, and, but that brings up, that brings up one of my, my uh, prayers that didn't make the list. And, then, and it's actually one of my favorite prayers 
Um, because I think it hits a lot of the things in my life that I struggle with and a lot of things in my life that I think the world is struggling with. Um, but it didn't make the list because I, it just, I think it's really too contentious for us to talk about right now. Um, because I don't want to anger everybody. Um, but Psalm 139 and Psalm 139 is just uh, a beautiful Psalm, uh, a prayer of, of recognizing the attributes of God, recognizing just who he is and what he does and how he functions. Um, and then also as the Psalm goes on, it's just a beautiful recognition of what God has done with me. As, as he has as he has put me together from the very moment of of my conception and what does that mean and and i know it like i said it, i felt it was maybe a little too contentious for the topics of today uh not because i i don't like i do like contentious things and i think we should talk about them um but we're we're trying to focus on prayer and with the whole roe versus wade thing going on in the in the Supreme Court and, and, and national conversation, and that yeah. national conversation, Psalm 139 really has a lot to say about that. And then, and then, of course, the the really fundamental thing that I think is awesome about 139 is at the very end, uh, "If only you would slay the wicked," <laughs> 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 and that the bloody men would depart from me. <laughs> so I'm I, not in the British way, right? Not the, not yeah, the, not in the British way. Um, <laughs> So, you know, yeah. So this is one of those prayers where, where it's a really good teaching time for, because sometimes I think we ask in ourselves, um, is it okay to pray that the Lord would, would punish those who do wrong? Um, and that's not excluding you, by the way, but it's including all people who, who, who do wrong, knowing they're doing wrong, knowing that this isn't right. And, and you have that in the prayer of all these beautiful things that the Lord is and all these beautiful attributes that he has and all the things that he has done, you then get the, but you are also just. And in your justice, punish those who are wicked. Um, but it didn't make the cut. The the prayers that we that Will is uh, talking about are, what, what are they called? The imprecatory uh, prayers, right? The or imprecatory the, psalms. psalms. This oh, is sorry. not considered an imprecatory right. really? psalm. It doesn't fit that category. It doesn't because it's not the entirety of the prayer. Ah, so the imprecatory psalms are the ones where it's just the whole thing is slay the wicked and... and, and uh, the justice of the Lord. And the yeah. bloody men depart from me. Yes. Not in the British sense, bloody men, but bloody. Yes. Yeah. Those people who who, de- who desire to, to bloody themselves and the innocent. And... For the person who is offended or is taken aback by the fact that God is a violent God in the Old Testament or a violent God in the in the Psalms, I, I think <clears throat> a, a little bit of a, a, a perception shift or a worldview shift is in, in, is in order. When the Christian is undergoing persecution, real persecution, the imprecatory Psalms become much more valued because it is a reminder that God is a God of justice and that in the end all of the injustices that we are enduring because we are a follower of Christ will one day have their day. Yeah, but <clears throat> on that flip side, go ahead. I would just say that um, we have to be really, really careful when we pray an imprecatory psalm. And, and the reason why I say that we have to be careful when we pray an imprecatory psalm is because we each carry with us a sinful heart. And when we pray about those people who stand against us, we're really praying against ourselves because we stand against ourselves. <laughs> and so... Is that why you like this song? I do. Because because I there is inside me battling the sinner 
and the saint always until the end of the day. And the Lord calls me home. Um, and the sinner inside me always needs to be slain always. And I can't do it. Um, and so I need the Lord to step in and do that. And he does it through, through the waters of baptism, right? Luther would say daily drown yourself in the remembrance of your baptism, daily drown yourself in these waters. Um, so that, so that that sinful nature stays down. Um, but, but that's what we're really asking, right? In these imprecatory psalms, it's not just those people who are standing externally against me and these people that are standing externally against the cross, but it's, it's me inside. I stand against the cross because I want to be like God, the first sin. Um, it, it, God knows you will be like him. Um, and so if you eat this, you're going to, that's, that's, that is the, the lasting sin that sticks with all of us. Um, not necessarily morality, not necessarily, um, um, uh, 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 a change in our focus, but the fact that we think we can be like him and my sinful nature does that all the time and wants to supplant the cross all the time. And so in the imprecatory Psalm, um, we pray for ourselves too, that, that, that the Lord would use his justice <clears throat> to have that done <clears throat> sorry i apologize yeah, um, but, <clears throat> frog in the throat early in the morning haven't done this in a while so my voice is like oh this coffee is... has not activated <clears throat> no no um so my my i only have one other one that didn't make the list so if you have more that haven't made the list let's talk about them and then we'll talk i about do them. okay so i had two others <clears throat> that didn't make the list and the reason they didn't make the list was um not because they weren't awesome they were super awesome uh, they didn't make the list because uh, I, I tried to expand myself a little bit and say, um, there's so many other prayers out there that it, from books that we don't read on a normal basis. Um, and what are those prayers like? And so um, one of them that didn't make the list, of course, is the prayer from 1 Kings 18. Um, and that is the prayer of Elijah. He's on Mount Carmel and he has this big showdown uh, with the prophets and the prophetesses, so prophets of Baal and the prophetesses of Asherah, and uh, and there's 400 of them, and you know the you know the account, and uh, and and they spend the whole day trying battle to battle of the gods. The bat, yeah. Well, it's not really a battle. <laughs> well, <laughs> when it's a battle against the god of the Bible, it's not really yeah. a battle. It, it's like it's like you brought a. A toothpick uh, to a gunfight, a nuclear weapon <laughs> to a knife fight. <laughs> um, but anyway, so they're 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 dancing around, cutting themselves, and and I love the account for for multiple reasons. But I love the account because um, Elijah mocks them, and he's very snarky, and he says, you know, maybe you have to cut yourself more, and maybe you need to dance more, and maybe maybe your God's on the toilet. Um, <clears throat> and he's mocking them, and then and then the beautiful prayer comes. It's a very very short prayer. Um, but it, it is the prayer of, of Lord, let your people see that there is a God in Israel, right? Um, and that they, they, that they would know you and that they would make a choice. You know, it's either you're for God or against him. And here he is the faithful God. Um, and fire comes down from heaven and, uh, burns up the offering and everything seems great. And then Elijah gets scared and runs away. <clears throat> yeah, it is. That is a really good account. I named one of my children after Elijah because one, <clears throat> because of Elijah, the wonderful. He's the snarky one. Yeah. Well, my he is my son. <laughs> Elijah is a snarky one. He does have my sense of humor and another sense of humor. So he's got senses of humor. So he's got he's got him in spades. Uh, one of the reasons why I like it is the fact that uh, Elijah 
when he has this showdown, he is telling God's people, uh, you, you get to pick one. Whichever God shows up to this uh, knife fight that we're going to set up here on Mount Carmel, uh, that's the real one. And he has such confidence that the God that he serves is the God of the Bible that he has, you know, he mocks him. And then also on his own altar, he says, Dump, dunk it in water uh, and fill up the, the drenches around it and all that stuff. Um, but what I was really, what I really appreciated when you were talking about the, the story and retelling the story is the idea of the unselfish nature of his prayer. That God let let yourself be known to the people of Israel, not that you would vindicate me, or redeem me, or not redeem, but um, validate me as a, as an individual. Like make me look good, God. Uh, God, you got to do this so that I look good among the people here. But no, show your glory to God's people so that they would believe in you. Uh, the unselfish nature of that. Um, and Elijah, yes, is a very emotional person. He swings, and right after this, uh, you know, he's able to to um, he goes, he's able to run for a long period of time, but then he also is 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 depressed, and then God gives him a companion, which is really because Elijah's lonely, and and all of that. And uh, the the second reason why we named Elijah is that whole incident on Mount uh, Sinai, where Elijah's in the in in the cave, and God comes to him in the whisper and the reminder to our son. Uh, to, to that this God who reveals himself in such a powerful way in the scriptures is the God who reveals himself to us in his word. Absolutely. Oh, and Elijah is, is you know, one of the powerhouse prophets that, that people, you know, um, throughout all history in, in, in Jewish culture and Christian culture, you know, <clears throat> you're prepa- uh, everything is compared to, right, Moses, Elijah. Uh, Elijah is the, is the stand-up person of prophets. Um the other one that didn't make the cut for me, though, um, is his predecessor, who is not as boombastic and not as emotionally driven and not as up and down, uh, you know, manic depressive as Elijah can sometimes be. And that's Elisha. And, and the one that I would say that the, the prayer that didn't make the, uh, the cut on this one um, was, and I will just admit it, it was due to length. It's very short. Um, his prayer is very, very short, found in 2 Kings 6. It's one verse, verse 17. Um, and it is the prayer that uh, Elisha's servant would have his eyes opened <laughs> and see uh, those who are arrayed around them who are greater than the forces who stand against them. Uh, and I thought that prayer is just an amazing thing because how many times do we need to have our eyes opened to see that that God has us fenced in, God has us protected. Um I, I tell this to the confirmation students all the time, and I use this prayer uh, regularly as a proof for it. We do not have one guardian angel. We have many, um, and we need them, everyone, because we do stupid things. <laughs> and 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 if we understood the forces who al- were arrayed against us, um, you would not want one. You would want the many, and, and here they are for you. And so, um, you know, I, I, I just, uh, it didn't make the cut because of its length, that was the only reason why it didn't make it cut. I, I, I think it's any time a prayer to pull back the, the veil of heaven and it is answered is an awesome prayer. I liked how we, we were talking about this very same story in Pastor's Conference, and Will Harley brought up the point that it's not really about a physical deliverance, but it's this is a spiritual contention that Elisha and his servant were having a conversation that Elijah sensed in his servant a an anxiety, a... Um, a, uh, uh, a, a a faith that was failing, a faith that was needed some encouragement. 
And uh, it was more than that than just Elijah, who, Elisha, whose life, yes, was on the line because the armies from Aram had surrounded the city. However, Elisha knew who was on his side. And so he, he had that, that confidence. And Elisha, generally speaking throughout the scriptures, is someone who is very, very strong, not just in, um, in the words that he had, could speak, but he was very, if, if, you ha- if you could sense someone's faith from what they do, if you if that was your determination for how strong their faith was, you, we would say that's his is a, a really strong faith. When Elijah calls him, Elijah's still despondent, and and uh, El- he comes up to Elisha, throws his cloak over him, and Elisha is um, you know he's ready to go, he's ready to sacrifice his animals, and and uh, he's ready to leave his livelihood, burn uh, the plow, burn the plow, and and follow after Elijah. And Elijah at the same is at the time is so despondent and saying. Well, if you want to come, I guess, you know, it was just like this. What is this to me, to you? And, you know, and he's not giving him any kind of encouragement. Like he is like doing the anti-sale. Like he's trying to do the sale to somebody without any confidence. Well, that, it's like that what the we do gonna buy the product. But and, it's like what we do for why we're maybe suffering in pastors in, in our in our synod and pastors worldwide is because we do the anti-sale. Right. When anybody says, maybe I would like to be a pastor. But do you understand what it's like to be a pastor? There is no respect there. I mean, you you I mean, the Lord humbles you and the people keep you poor and you work all the time and you're on call that you don't want to do that. And then we're surprised. Oh, they wanted to do that. Why would that ever happen? Maybe we should be maybe we should not take the playbook from Elijah. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. So that didn't make the cut. What's your last one that didn't make the cut? And then we'll turn our uh, my attention. My last one that didn't make the cut was Daniel. Uh, Daniel's prayer for the nation. And Daniel didn't make the cut. Daniel did not make the cut. Well, he may, may have made your cut. He didn't. Okay, so. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Daniel 9 is his prayer for the nation. And I, I like the prayer for the nation when he's praying. It's in Daniel 9, 11 to 19. And what I like about it is just a constant reminder for me to be praying for my nation, even if it doesn't matter who's in office. And I think it's for you, dear listener, if you are having difficulty praying for your nation, uh, find some encouragement from Daniel's prayer because he's not just praying for the nation that he is in, but he is praying for the, his people as well, that they would live the life that God has called them to live. He is, he is confessing. Uh, their sin that they didn't deserve anything from God. Here they were in exile, and if they had any, um, if they felt that they had a right to ask anything from God, God, you're allowing this bad thing to happen, so you should definitely deliver us. Daniel reminds us, us and them, that they're they don't deserve anything from God, and uh, so that's what I like about Daniel's prayer in Daniel nine. Well, I'm sure you, you have a word or two from Daniel. Well, I have no, actually, I don't. Um, I mean, there is in the, in, in, in the list, there is a prayers of Daniel, but I didn't choose any from Daniel. Not, and Daniel is very good. Um, so are, are we ready to move on to, yeah, to yeah, your yeah. favorite? So Do your number five favorite. So, so my number five favorite, um, and this one is, so I'll be, I'll be completely honest with you. Um, not like my go-to prayer, not like the one I'm like, Ooh, yeah. Out of the. Out of all the prayers, this is the one I'm going to bow down and 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 I'm going to lift up to the Lord. Um, I wanted to throw this out to to 
the listeners and to you because we don't read from this book all that much. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, that's a nice, that's a, that's a pretty neat prayer. Um, Habakkuk. And so um, the book of Habakkuk, and you're probably thinking, dear listener, is there a book of Habakkuk? Where would you find that? It's in the Old Testament. Is it's a it minor in the prophet. back? It isn't, it's in the end of the Old Testament. Kind of like before you get to the New Testament. A minor prophet, um, it's the name that Habakkuk. Um, and so what we have here is um, a prayer at the very end. And the, the prayer is a prayer of revival. Um, and, and, and when I say revival, don't think of like, uh, Pentecostal, um, Hey, let's have a spiritual revival. Yay. Everybody's on fire for the Lord. Um, that's not the kind of revival that I'm, I'm talking about. Um, he has a prayer for the revival of the message of salvation. Uh, and it's a prayer of the revival that God would show himself in his awesome deeds, um, as he brings and fights for his people. And so I look at this prayer and and the prayer that Habakkuk has, and and just in my head, cart, just start flashing, uh, my Savior Jesus. He he didn't come. He 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 came as the warrior. He didn't come as this meek and mild person who who uh, uh, was like uh, a beggar in hand. You know, like oh please pay attention to me and and I'll give you some wonderful gifts. I I have these these special things for you. That that's not my Lord. That's not my God. Um, and, and we see that here in this prayer of Habakkuk, uh, Lord, take out your bow, Lord, do these awesome things come to our rescue. Uh, some of the, the highlights of it, just the very beginning of the prayer, I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord, in the midst of your years, revive these deeds in the midst of your years, reveal them again in your rage. Remember to have mercy, uh, later on in there, he says, he says, as he's going through all the ways that the Lord uh, causes the earth to tremble and all the ways that the Lord causes um, the earth to suffer because of their sin, he then says this question, is that why you hitched up your horses and rode your chariot of salvation? You know, you see what is going on in the world. You see the, the, the state of everything. Is that why salvation comes? Is this why you're acting? Um, he says uh, in verse 13, you march out to save your people. You mark. This is not a God who waits for you to to come to Him. Uh, waits for you to 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 find Him somewhere. This is the God who marches out for you. He is the one who comes to get you to deliver you. Um, you are His anointed people. Uh, and then, of course, the very end, um, just a delight. The very end of the of 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 His prayer. Um, but I, after everything is all said and done, no matter what, the, he he sort of goes into. Yep, the world's still pretty crappy. Um, things aren't, aren't great and they're probably going to get worse. But he says, but I will delight in the Lord and rejoice in God who saves me. The Lord God is my strength. He will give me feet like a deer and make me leap along the hills, ha, the high hills. Um, the idea of I, I have an escape. I can flee. Um, my God is with me. Uh, I just go back to to the the many just parts of scripture that that just scream from this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, you know, I, I have this omnipotent Lord who can shake the very heavens and the earth, but yet he dines to save me. He He sees me and he sees you, dear listener, and, and even you, Pastor Rudad. And he says, you're worth charging the gates. You're worth shaking the ground. You're worth going to battle for, and I'm going to. 
and I have. Um, and that to me is just a beautiful prayer from the book of Habakkuk that we probably never read. Yeah, Habakkuk is, is a really a good book to read because it is a question and answer session with God where Habakkuk asks questions to God and God answers him. And uh, a lot of his questions are questions where he asks God why and God responds with his promise. And so this final prayer that you mentioned is, is a good one. It's, it's, it's a good one. Um, it, it, I would accept it as on our top five list um, because in the end, where does Habakkuk find all of his rest is in who God is and what God has promised and what God will do, what God has promised he will do as well. So he's, that's where his comfort is and that's where the beauty of the prayer is at the end when he's wrestling at the beginning of the book and now at the end, uh, he finds his comfort in in that revealed um, information about God and, and what he will do. And and how much do we need that today, right? You know, God, where are you? God, where are you? God, where are you? Well, he is where he's always promised to be, in his word, in his sacraments, um, in his church, uh, where he is, is actively working for the salvation of people. Uh, God, where are you? Why don't you talk to me? Because you are not silent and you, you are not listening. Um, uh, God is not talking to you through the mountains and through through the hurricanes and through the famines and through the wars and the rumors of wars, although those are all things that are, are should driving should be driving us to the cross. Um, he is talking to us through his word, and he, he says, here I am, here's my promise, that even through those things I am working, through those things I am saving, through those things I am here for you. And where two or three are gathered, that is your home, where your husband and wife gather in, in, in faith, with their children, I'm there, right? I'm there, and I'm 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 saving them. So that's my that's one of my uh, top five. Top five. Yeah, and and so since you five. said I can only have two, that's one of my top two. <laughs> well, we're we're compiling a list of of top five. So the my number four, my my second favorite, is Acts four twenty four. So we're going to the New Testament, and the background of Acts 4 is we have the early church. So we've had Pentecost happen. The Holy Spirit has come on the disciples. They've been able to speak or be understood in many different languages. Um, they've had their first run-in with the law. Um, and it is remarkable because you have, in the in the resurrection, they're, they're scared, hiding out of fear for the Jews. Jesus comes to them. He sends the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm I'm generalizing broad strokes of history. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. They're able to speak boldly, and then the things that they want they once feared uh, to be brought before the Sanhedrin happens, and they are put in jail. And um, and then they are is it, are they put in jail yet? Uh, yes, that. the high priests. So you had uh, one day the rulers, elders, experts in the law. They assembled. And they questioned them. Um, no, they didn't. They that, get, they that, didn't get that, that wasn't jail yet. That wasn't jail yet. So the, it, it's the uh, they ordered them not to speak about Jesus. Right. They get and, put in jail later because they continue to speak. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> again, you know, all the preparation that I did for today. Yeah. This this podcast will remind me to actually do the work next time instead of uh, just coming in. So anyway, so they uh, had this bold confession. They, the the Sanhedrin tells them, "Don't speak about Jesus." Paul, uh, Peter says, "We must obey God rather." Yeah, de- don't blame decide us. What, <laughs> decide whether it is right, whether to listen to you rather than to listen to God. 
And then they come back to the gathering of believers. And you would think all of these big events that have happened, they are just pumped and confident. But yet they have this prayer that God would would give them confidence. And reading between the lines, at least I'm reading through the lines, is that they're they're still in their hearts are all over the place. They they have this wonderful confidence that Jesus rose from the dead. They were witnesses of the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. They saw the Lord Jesus. They saw Jesus rise, uh, uh, um, ascend into heaven. And now they've had their first taste of persecution. And what are they going to do? They're going to pray. And they begin their prayer by reminding God of who he is. They remind God of what he has done. God, they remind him of where they are in a sinful world where the nations are raging against the Lord and against his anointed one, against Jesus. And they recount to God all of the things that they had happened. And now in verse uh, 29, they said, Now, Lord, look at their threats and give to your servants the ability to keep on speaking your word with all boldness as you stretch out your hand to heal and as signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They're asking God for confidence to speak and then the signs that would bolster what they're speaking. Because the main point is not the signs. The main point is what they're saying. Lord, help help us with that. And for me, I take that that really resonates with me. Just the idea of it doesn't matter if you have a good day on Sunday or have a good day, good conversation with somebody. You still need the Lord's help because ultimately is not uh, in our ministry as a pastor. It is not about us or about all the things that we accomplish, but it is about Jesus and, and sharing Jesus with those around us, whether that be on Sunday or whether it be during the week. And we can't do that by ourselves. And so it's an encouragement for me to to pray that God would uh, help me speak boldly. Well, you know, and, and I think this is really an interesting uh, interesting prayer in the sense that we it's, it's couched between proclamation. Um, so you have in the beginning of chapter 4, and then we go into... Uh, the end of chapter four, beginning of chapter five, we have have God's people proclaiming Jesus, proclaiming salvation, proclaiming God's work. But then you have this prayer, which is not. And I understand what you're saying by by saying, "Oh, this is I'm asking God to to remind them or reminding God." But it's really acclamation, right? Prayer is acclamation. I am acclaiming what you have told me, Lord. I am repeating back to you what you have told to me. I am repeating back to you what you have given to me. I'm not, God doesn't need to be reminded, but but we acclaim what he has done, right? And I understand the idea of being, uh, of, of we're reminding ourselves. we're bringing back uh, God's words, using God's words to, to once again show him we are understanding. Um, but that's the beauty of it. Prayer is acclamation. How can you not say prayer is not uh, uh, worship? As we come together and we acclaim the promises of God in our prayers, um, and then look at at how these how this acclamation is then going to continue. Um, and I think that is a beautiful thing, like you said, um, that that God's people need to be reminded, and and God's even even the corporate leaders of the church need to be reminded. I can't, I can't do this on my own. Um, I'm, I'm not strong enough for this job. Um, I, I had a couple of counseling sessions this week, and I had a couple of aggravations this week, and I had, had a couple of things that were going on in, 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 in just the ministry this week, and not just at home. 
And, and how many times did I have to bow my head in prayer after it was all done and say, Lord, give me the strength to just to, to face what tomorrow is going to be like and not kill somebody. Um, you know what I mean? Not, not to, to, you know, or, or I, I, after one counseling session this week, I got home and it was like seven o'clock and, um, I looked at my phone as I'm driving home and my wife had been texting me. Are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are you going to be home? When is this going to be done? I would like to see you. And, and, you know, the first thing I thought was just relax. It's part of my job. I'll be home when I'm home. Just quit it. And, and yet, you know, the prayer of Lord, give me the strength not to say that, not, not to do that. seems so stupidly simple, right? Um, but I, you know, the, the first instinct of my sinful nature is to say, you've impeded me. You have quit it. This is my time. And, and, and to say, you know what, that I can't respond that way. So to me, that is an awesome prayer. Yeah. And the second instinct is I can do this, you know, how this is easy. I can do this and I don't need God. Um, yeah. But when you invest, when you invest yourself in, in someone else, which is gospel ministry, I mean, that's that word and sacrament ministry is investing in someone else. Uh, when you invest in someone else's life and you care about them, um, it, it's hard. It is so hard and you realize I am not strong enough for it. And then it is also really awesome because there are times when you are investing in somebody else and it does work out well and you go, I don't, I can't believe this actually worked. Yeah. And it's like, wow, the God that I serve is actually active in my ministry. Uh, he's actually, you know, he did like, something. I, it did, <laughs> you, you, it, when you turn into the Elijah, you know, God says, just says, well, guess what? Uh, my word will work and here I'll show you. And then yeah. he peeled, peels back the curtain and all of a sudden you see this is really awesome to serve this God that that uses sinful people like me and sometimes the and the frail people that we are and the the people that are so perilously close perilously close to throwing it all away and to trampling on our savior and God reveals himself to us in his word and through his means that he is still here and still active and present and he is using us to do some awesome things like talk to people about forgiveness and talking to them about yeah. Jesus and proclaiming to them uh, the wonderful works of God. And, you know, it's not going to be a big crowd. Um, you know, all the people in the book of Acts and we see how the church grows and grows and grows. And you're like, look at all this. Look at all this growth. There were a lot more people who rejected than there were who were brought to faith by the Spirit. Um and so I think those are things to always remind yourself. This, there's still courage and strength because we are few, um, and it's okay. I'm not. I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying we are few. Um, awesome. So is, awesome. is it my turn now to, to turn. do my second Number one? Three. Yep. Your 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 top favorite. My top top favorite outside of the one that you assigned is our favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I did assign it. <laughs> I so, said, "Will this is going to be number one, and then you do number two, so the, two and the, four, and I'll do three. No, you did. You did uh, I, three and five, and I did two and four. So, so my my top favorite out of the choices that I couldn't have for the number one. Um, <laughs> this is uh, um, Solomon's prayer uh, at the dedication of the temple, and and I go old school on this. Um, but it, uh, but this is so old school. It is it is something new and wonderful for us. It's found in First Kings, 
uh, chapter 8. It starts at verse, uh, kind of, well, really at verse 23, but it, it, it's introduced in verse 22 um, and, and makes its way all the way through verse 53 um, as, as you have this prayer. And, and the reason I love this prayer, just to boil it down in, in, in as much of a succinct way as I can, is this is God's church asking the Lord to keep his promise and be where he says he was going to be and work through what he said he was going to work through and be there for everyone, not just God's people. And that is the most amazing thing because sometimes we get it in our head. Oh, the Old Testament people weren't really reaching out to other people. No. I mean, in, in this dedication prayer, he says anybody who sins, anybody who suffers, anybody who's in need, foreigner, it doesn't matter. When they come to this place where you promise to be, forgive them. Forgive them. Listen. Hear them. Um, and that's the thing. And and I just underlined, I just, uh, I, I went through and I just went back through and underlined all the time. When, 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 then, when, when, then. And, and I mean, it's like he's a prophet. Well, he kind of is. But, but he says, when they fall away, then forgive. When they are in exile, then bring them back. When, and I'm just like, he knows something's coming. <laughs> <laughs> he knows his people pretty well. But then he goes on and he says, when they sin in this way, when they sin in that way, when they do these things, then forgive, Lord, from your mercy. Then, and I'm just thinking to myself, this is this is our prayer. This is the pastoral prayer for every church in every time. Um, Lord, you are not housed here. This place can't contain you. I get it. I know that but you promised to be here. Out of all the places that you could be, you didn't promise to be on the hill. You didn't promise to be in the meadow. You didn't promise to be in the tractor as we are, 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 are dragging our equipment behind us to, to till the ground. You didn't promise to be um, you know, with our cows while we're milking. You promised to be where your word and your sacrament is given. You promised to be in your church. And, and so I'm going to hold you to that promise and when I come as a sinner in, in need of forgiveness, when I come as one who is struggling, when I come as one who is weak, when I come as one who, who is lost, be there. And I love it. And that's my, that's my like number one. I love it. You know, be there because you said so. So take it for what it is. I, I, I like it too. It, it, Good. I don't have anything to say because what you said was so well spoken. Yes. I finally, finally, oh yeah. But it does lead to my number two. My number two prayer is in Acts. Going, and that was Luke. Chapter I seven. thought you said it was Luke twenty two. <clears throat> it's Acts chapter it's seven. Acts. Oh, you changed it. You threw me for a loop. loop. Yes, Acts chapter seven verse sixty. So it must not really have been his favorite because he changed it. <laughs> wait for it wait for it Acts chapter 7 alright let's see here so I'm what, opening it up go for it okay so Acts chapter 7 Stephen is is uh, giving the good confession before the Sanhedrin and he is being stoned uh, because he is giving the good confession because of Jesus and he's going as, to be stoned Well, as he's being stoned he prays 
My second favorite prayer. Lord, do not hold this sin against him. Which is a reflection of Luke chapter 22, verse 34, which is, Father, forgive them. Because before this, <laughs> Will was... <laughs> he's, he's making faces now. Because Will was like... Because I, I, I told Will what my favorite one, and I was like, well, of course you're going to pick Jesus' prayer as the favorite one. I like the... This is Will's words. I like the prayers of sinners because it reminds us of our relationship with a, a merciful and gracious God. And so I was like, oh, I can't use the prayer of Jesus because then he'll just say. <laughs> so I had to use Stephen's prayer because uh, he is a sinner and uh, he is praying on behalf of those who are persecuting him, which is a reflection of Christ and Christ on the cross praying, Father, forgive them. So it's such a powerful prayer for me uh, as a sinner. I hope it is a powerful prayer for you, a dear listener, as as well. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Uh, anytime, uh, anytime a person who, who is of faith in the middle of the of probably the worst agony that can be brought upon them um, has in light um, the same thing as their Savior, which is someone else, and that is a good prayer. Um, it is a prayer that all of us could learn from and all of us could learn to mimic. Yeah. Uh, it is so hard to pray for others. It is so hard to pray for those who are um, making our lives difficult. I can remember times when, you know, as a pastor, sometimes I do, because I have my office at church, sometimes I just do go into church and pray for those uh, in my congregation. And and it's really hard to pray for those in your congregation that are making your life difficult as a pastor. And it's uh, the example of Stephen, which is a reflection of Christ in Stephen, r- reminds me of, uh, of that I am a sinner in this wonderful job of being a pastor and sharing Jesus with others and how awesome my savior Jesus is, who is thinking of me on the cross and not himself and prays that God would forgive him because he is giving the ultimate, he is giving the the reason why God can forgive him by dying on the cross. Well, and, and just in general, the hardest thing for sinful man to ever do is forgive. Um, and sometimes even forgive themselves. And, and, you know, like you were just saying, going in your office and praying for the people. Going into uh, church and praying for the people. Or going to church and praying for the people of, of the church. Um, and, and especially those that are making your life difficult. But, but to consider that as you're praying, and maybe it's just me, what did I do to contribute to that? And I need to forgive myself and ask for forgiveness myself. Um, that's hard. That's really, really tough. So I'll give it to you. Yeah. All I'll right. give it Thank to you. you. But that leads probably to the number one prayer because there, at least there's a petition. <laughs> there's a petition, right, in in the number one prayer. And if you, dear listener, are thinking petition, I've heard that word before. Oh, yeah, that, that sounds familiar. It's harking back to well, those horrible memories. <laughs> horrible memories. Of seven of, weeks of hearing just Pastor Rudat <laughs> talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> those horrible memories of having to tune in and be like oh this again <laughs> still no will harley still no will harley just dave just dave yeah yeah, yeah I, I tune in for will and i stay for dave <laughs> <laughs> when we're looking for the meat we look to dave when we look for keeping the show going that's will <laughs> 
All right. So if you haven't told or haven't gotten it um, in in the very end here, as we, we come to the end of the show, our number one prayer, of course, is probably the prayer that is so beloved by our members, beloved by the church, beloved by those who, who are found in faith. And that is the very prayer that Jesus himself gave to his disciples when they said, how are we to pray? And Jesus says, pray like this. And, and it's the Lord's Prayer, right? It is the model of which all prayers find their, their, their form. Um, it is the prayer that is taught to our children and taught to everybody as we, we say it in every service. Um, it is a prayer that encom- encompasses seven petitions that deal with every aspect of life. Um, and, and it is a prayer that rests itself solely on the promises of God and only God, um, as there's nothing in that prayer that, that we must do. Um, and so it's, uh, I don't know what else you want to say about that prayer. I, I've, everything I've said has been in seven increments of 30 minutes. Or exactly. So. And, and I don't think we need to go and rehash it cause we couldn't. Right. Um, but but I think it is it is one of those prayers that there's a reason why the Lord's Prayer is such an integral part of God's people, um, and why and, and and there is something maybe we said why why so many people go and fight tooth and nail for how they memorized it when they were young. Um, you have some of the older people in the congregation who memorized it in the King James, and how dare you change that prayer because it is so special to them. Um, and, and, and it's not that you change the words. It's just because that prayer rolls off their tongue and it, it rolls within their minds and in their hearts in such a way that, that now when you change it, they have to go back and rethink about it. And it doesn't flow from that, that point. Um, and I can understand where that some of that aggravation could come in um, because this is such a loved prayer. Um, so. yeah. It is also a prayer that we can pray without much thought. And so there's a lot of thought in that prayer and any trip or trick or tip that we use to help us uh, to stop stop just giving going over those words by rote is a good one. So whether it's using the new prayer of the Lord's Prayer just so that we would think about it more often or what, what exactly are we saying or whether it's going through Luther's explanation of the Lord's Prayer in, in your own personal uh, devotion time, just going through the catechism and saying, what, what exactly is it that I'm praying for? in this petition, whether it's listening to the other podcasts, because if you skipped all of the other ones, you're like, oh, the Lord's Prayer again. And uh, and now this is my encouragement, if you have not listened to them, to, to go back and listen to them, because we do go through Luther's explanation. We do talk about some of the questions that people ask about the different petitions of the prayer. Um, but the, I would just, I would just, and, and I agree with everything you said. I would just give a, a caveat and a reminder, though, that if you're praying the Lord's Prayer and it's rolling off your tongue and 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 you think that it it's not a valid prayer because oh maybe I didn't stop and consider it it is. I would agree. We, yeah. we bring nothing to prayer. We bring nothing to prayer. It is the Spirit who who works within us. Um, and when we don't say the right things, it is His words that know what our deepest needs are that bring them to the Lord. You, by praying, are are returning to your Father, and you won't have all the right words because you're a child, and and I'm a child. And there's many things as children we ask for that we don't quite understand. Um, and our God knows. And so take comfort, dear Christian, that from the words of, of a child of God as a Christian, God hears you. Whether you are thinking 
indent, uh, intently about the words, or you're following in a book, or you're reading it in the liturgy, or you're, or you're just bowing your head and saying the common table prayer that rolls off your tongue because this is what you do. But, but as a Christian, as a child of God, God hears you. And that is his promise. He hears his children. And what you ask for within his will, he will answer. Yeah, thank you for that, for bringing us in the Lutheran middle way, right? Where It's not about us when we pray. It is about God. And when we do pray, we should be thinking about what we say. We shouldn't uh, be babbling on as sinners, uh, as babbling on as pagans, as Jesus talks about. So the other thing, though, I just want to close. I think you got, I got the, music. the music going. The music's going already. Uh, one thing to close, what is your top five? Uh, prayers. Why don't you comment on uh, whether that be our Facebook post or you can email us. Email us your favorite prayer. Maybe we'll, you'll change our minds uh, as we continue this conversation together, uh, both online and in person, about our favorite prayers to our Savior. <laughs>